Cool. You there? Oop. Oh, there we go. You there? Can you, uh, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Okay. Okay. Yes, we're good. We're good. So you get. So it worked out well. It did. Yeah. You got to go through. You got to end the meeting, and then you got to. Uh, uh, I guess it converts to something or other, and then it asks you where it wants you to save it. So as long as it yeah. as long as it doesn't cut out while we're recording, then uh, then then, yeah. then we're good. But you know we, we can. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for joining me, man. You know what? It's kind of become a staple of my podcast for people to listen to me talking to my guest about like our computer woes. You there? Yeah. <laughs> I so, understand that completely. First of all, Dalton Lewis, thank you for coming on. I, I appreciate it. Um, Yes, sir. I've been, I've been watching your stuff uh, on YouTube and I've uh, heard you on some other shows and stuff. And you guys have kind of like, blowed up in the in the last in, in at least in the trad world right as, as far as as big as that is right but yeah. um in in the in the last like little while but you guys have been around for a while but before i get ahead too far ahead for those who haven't heard um just you know tell everybody like who you are uh you know what you do that kind of thing and then uh, tell us a little about the stick boys and uh and, and everyone else you're involved with all right, so I am Dalton Lewis. Um, I'm 27. Um, I'm from Northwest North Carolina, up in the mountains. Uh, a lot of folks don't realize that North Carolina has mountains. Um, we have mountains. I'm actually at about a little over 3,000 feet. So that oh, yeah. kind of surprises people. Um, so I, I've lived here my whole life. Um, this uh, I'm a seventh grade English teacher. Um, that that is my second passion besides bow hunting. Um, and I'm honestly as just about as passionate about that as I am about bow hunting. Um, so that's what I, that's what I do for a living. Um, uh, we started the stick boys, uh, probably 2015 or 16. Um, some, uh, some guys come down, uh, Bill Langer come down to hunt with me from Connecticut and, uh, he was filming what he was doing and he said, you know, you guys are having way too much fun to not film what you're doing. Yeah. And I kind of laughed and I said, ah, that just, I don't know, that, that would add a lot of complication to it. And, uh, but he talked me into it. He wanted some videos. And so I ended up picking up a camera and, and have found out that I liked that, you know, about as much as any part of the hunt, um, you know, capturing it on film and telling a story with the camera. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's typically myself and my friends. Um, Ethan's with me most of the time. Um, Ethan's, uh, same age as I am, we wrestled as little boys growing up and all the way up through high school. And um, so we, we've been good buddies and, and Aaron, same way, you know, we wrestled together a whole life, went to school together. And um, so that, that's kind of us. That's, that's the main guys. There'll be, you know, there's other guys uh, featured on there. That's definitely the the main three you'll see. Um, but we just, you know, we try to, with the sick boys, we try to show what we think hunting's about. Um, I think in the hunting industry, it's it's turned a lot into uh, into things that that people can't keep up with, such as you know whether it's a whether it's just hunting monst monstrosity for deer, mm -hmm. two hundred inch deer plus, or and uh, you know and being disappointed with a with a hundred and whatever inch deer, and that just wasn't the, that wasn't hunting for us, and um, we we try to show that on the camera is that we, that we, what we have a good time. That's first and foremost is that we have a good time. We enjoy it. And, and, you know, just thankful for what we get to do. And uh, that's really, that's really all we do. You know, we're just, we're just, 
bunch of idiots with a camera. <laughs> really? Yeah, there there is a, a a definite lack of like eighty thousand dollar trucks and bedazzled jeans on your uh, absolutely on your channel. So. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, if there for whatever reason, if there ever was, um, we would just quit doing doing it because we've missed the whole point. <laughs> yeah. No, but. I think you guys are really relatable. You know, um, and it's not just the uh, you know I'm I'm in Minnesota, right? So like I'm a Yankee to you guys, but it's not like the Southern like oh shucks charm kind of thing. Right. You know, although that helps. But I mean, you guys are you know you've it's 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 been really popular lately, right? I mean, with Hunting Public and all these other, you know, uh, shows and stuff where it's like, okay, these are like actual real people doing like actual real stuff, yep. you know, in real conditions with, and, and, and real trials and tribulations, you know, that right. would, you don't always have this, you know, monster 150 walk out, you know, on, on a manicured food plot kind of thing. And, right. you know, you guys do show some of the, or, you know, all the, like the gritty parts of it that you know that that, that all of us kind of go through and the fact right. like i said you guys aren't doing this um you know like this isn't your profession you know yeah. and uh, i think a lot of people can relate to uh being away from you know uh family and and and, and work and that kind of stuff and he says you were a teacher so how, how does that play into uh like september october you know when 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 the school year starts getting going but then like the, the good hunting is getting going how, how does that right. work out for you um, it's, it's, it's typically not bad. It's actually pretty, it's actually pretty nice. Um, as long as you don't make the mistake I did this fall, um, you know, we typically on a typical day I can hunt before the time changes. So all of September, you know, I think all of October, I could actually hunt almost every evening. Nice. Um, yeah. And, and mornings, you know, mornings, obviously all day on Saturday and, uh, mornings for church. And then, um, hunt Sunday evening. So I, I actually, if I play my cards right, I can actually hunt quite a bit teaching. I'm the top person. I'm not a, uh, it drives my wife crazy. I'm not a very, uh, like a note taking meticulous type person. I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm going to lesson plan or if I'm going to do something, if I'm thinking about work, even, you know, I'm thinking about it all the time, this thing about teaching, we're on a salary, but we're, we're really never off the clock. We're thinking about it all the time, yeah. but I can lesson plan in a tree stand just as good as I can at home. It's going on inside my head. That's um, true. So I, yeah. you know, so I, I can actually hunt quite a bit. The thing that I ran into this year, um, like I said, uh, I, I love my job. I absolutely uh, love, but it's it's not a job; it's a career. Um, mm -hmm. It's I wake up every morning looking forward to going to work, and so when you have the eighth grade volleyball team, um, you know, ask me to 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 coach, and I I. I didn't want to because I knew it was going to interfere and then, but I just, I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell those girls no. Yeah. Um, and so, so I did it and, uh, and we did awesome and, and it was a great year and, uh, but it did absolutely um, destroy my hunting season. <laughs> <laughs> I got only getting to hunt on Saturdays and Sundays I've come to find out is just not something I can handle. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's tough. You did mention earlier when we were when we were texting back and forth. You said you know you don't have kids yet and stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean it all changes, and you just got to kind of work with it. You you just make it work no matter what. You know, some years yeah, are absolutely. better. You know, as far as being able to get out, some years aren't. Um, right. You know, uh, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as far as uh, you know. We've got a you know she's almost eight years old now, right? Daughter and stuff. And I travel a lot for work and. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of tough when you're, when you're gone, let's say for a week and you come back and then, you know, you've been gone for a week, 10 days. And then the weekend that you're home and so go, oh, by the way, honey, I'm going to go sit in the tree for, you know, all day long. Uh, that, that yeah. Doesn't that fly. doesn't work much. <laughs> that doesn't fly. You know? yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you just kind of, you know, 
do what you can with it. How, how far, um, how far are you going? Like with the places where you're hunting, um, is this all public? Is this private? Uh, how far do you have to go? Um, yeah, I definitely do both. Um, I've got a couple family farms, um, here locally. Um, so actually I can walk out of my classroom and I can be parked and unloading my stuff within 12, 13 minutes. Nice. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a big help. Um, but I, I prefer, to be honest, I'm getting to the point where I prefer the public, um, more than anything, just because it adds another challenge to it. I don't know what that is, but I just, I love that, that added, um, challenge. And, um, so I, I really enjoy, you know, on the weekends, I'll spend a lot of time on some local public. It's, it's a huge, it's kind of like a wilderness area. Um, it's, it's pretty remote for our area and I love getting back in there and camping and hunting and, uh, so we'll, we'll do that here. That's typically what our days look like. You know, we'll hunt in the evenings on our private spots, you know, about half the weekends we'll go maybe do some public and, yeah. um, and then when we go out of state, um, we hunt a lot of public out of state. Cause I mean, we both work the state. I'm a teacher. Ethan's a probation officer. Um, so he's, he's a real popular guy, <laughs> um, but he, uh, he also works for the state. So he's definitely not got money coming out of the years either. So right. going to an outfitter, you know, we wouldn't really want to do that anyway, but even if we wanted to, we really couldn't, uh, financially. So public is pretty much all we do, um, out of state. Um, so, but even when we go out of state, we're typically inside four to six hours. Um, cause we're, we're kind of, re- we're kind of regulated to the weekends. Um, we don't right. You need to be able to make it back. Yeah. Right. By, by Monday morning. So you, you said you're in like the, like the Western part of North Carolina. Is that, I mean, is that like West of Asheville and stuff still or North I'm, of that I'm or a, Cherokee yeah. or. Right. I'm about two hours North of, of Asheville. Um, okay. so I'm in the very top corner of the state. Asheville okay. is the bottom corner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's beautiful country. I lived out in, uh, in, in Statesville for about uh, a year, year and a half or something like that, oh, you know, right. cause I was trying to get a job and, you know, working at a NASCAR team or whatever. So of course right. I ended up like, you know, waiting tables for like two years until I found a job, yeah. but I was uh, right where uh, 77 and 40 meet basically Statesville's right yeah. there. And then when I had time, of course I'd run out and, uh, you know, I had a motorcycle back then and I was, uh, I did, uh, you know, deals gap, you know, the dragon's tail, whatever kind of thing that's popular out there. The, yeah. okay. uh, what is it? us 329 or whatever anyway but yeah there is a lot of really really beautiful country out there i mean it's just oh, it's yeah. just gorgeous i mean some of the um especially if you uh not every morning but i guess but you know when the, when the fog kind of like if you're high end up and the fog kind of settles in below you and, and you're kind of looking across the peaks but you're looking at the oh, fog layer below it's just gorgeous just gorgeous oh, stuff I've, I've you know I, i've always wanted to, to kind of hunt down there so you got so you got lots of land available to you and then when you go when you go out of state uh, where, where, where do you go? Um, east, West, North? Um, yeah, I've often said that Ohio is, if I ever had to move anywhere, I'd move to Ohio. That's my yeah. second favorite state. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love, I love that state just with the prevalence of public and, the um, with it being relatively close to the house, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I can be in Southern Ohio. Uh, I, I can be in Southern Ohio in about four hours. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's a really nice little trip up 77 and, uh, we, you know, and that, that's really helpful because we can get off work on a Friday, be there at a decent time at night and we can be hunting at daylight Saturday morning, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Perfect. So that's one thing that makes Ohio really awesome. Um, we hunted Kentucky last year. Um, the problem with Kentucky for us is Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky is a lot like here. Uh, there's not 
the deer really aren't that much different. Uh, it, it's pretty mountainous and the deer numbers are, are actually lower um, than I previously expected. They have, I think they had a lot of issue with EHD. Um, okay. Where the, where the really good hunting is in Kentucky is it was basically central West from what I understand. And, um, and of course, don't quote me on that. Probably a listener say, Oh, there's great hunting in the East and there may be. Right. Um, but where we went, um, there definitely wasn't many deer. And, and from what I've read and from what I've heard, you want to be in West Kentucky. And for us, you know, that's six to eight hours drive. And it's just, it's really not feasible, um, for weekend hunting for us. So, yeah. So we hunted there last year. Don't think we're going to make it in Kentucky next year. Um, I think we're going to shift to Tennessee, um, for our, for our other hunt, um, other than Ohio. So we're going to give that a go and see how that works. You typically do, uh, how, how many, uh, you know, out of state ones do you do a year a season? Um, I have to make sure my wife's not listening, but <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I don't have that many listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we, no, I'm just kidding. We, uh, we'll go to Ohio, um, every single year. I'll go there probably four to six weekends a year for sure. Oh, wow. Okay. Quite a bit. That's, yeah. Yeah. That would be in October and November. Um, this year we're going to do a little turkey hunting up there too. Um, I go down to Georgia, um, hog hunting once, sometimes twice, go down to South Georgia. Nice. And, That's something and, uh, I want to do. Yeah. It's, it's a really good time. And, uh, we go down to this year, um, Aaron, actually one of the guys that's, that's on the stick boys a lot. He, um, he's, a, he's actually moved out just past Nashville. Um, so he's a, he's a law, he's a police officer, um, in a town just West of Nashville. And so we're going to do a little hunting out there this year. So that will be the third place we go for sure that um, we haven't typically been. And then, uh, of course we spend the summers in, uh, at, being teachers, we're off during the summer. My wife's also a teacher. She's an art teacher. Okay. Um, so we'll go down to an area in Florida and spend a week or two chasing sharks and pigs. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of what we do. I try, I try to go as much as I can. <laughs> no, no, that, that, absolutely. Um, I, I, my, my job takes me to Florida, you know, a couple times a year, like once a year, I try to go do, you know, a, a pig hunt down there. But I mean, my, mine is, you know, it's never actually, I've only once or twice I've been on like public, like WMAs and stuff, haven't seen a thing, but I've always right. done like the, you know, uh, I call it pick your pork, you know, like over a feeder, that kind of stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, that's, uh, but, but I really want to get more into doing just kind of like, like public land. Cause I, cause I'm overshooting them with, you know, I shot them with rifles and stuff this past season. I shot them with right. a compound, but, um, you know, a wounded one, my recurve never found that one, but I, right. you know, I, I've kind of fallen in love with, with pig hunting. I love pig hunting. Um, it's just, you know, pretty damn exciting. So I'm kind of, yeah. I'm kind of jealous and a little bit envious what people say they go down, you know, like Georgia seems to be like a popular spot now to go down and chase them on public lands down there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so that's, you know, it, so, it so you guys get out then you guys, you guys do some, you know, pretty, you know, you stay pretty busy at least with, with, with hunting. Right. We, and like I said, I don't, uh, I, you know, I don't have kids yet. Ethan doesn't have kids. So I, I'm one of those guys. I don't know. I, I, I guess I've got a, a little bit of weird mentality, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to live my life waiting to retire to start mm -hmm. living. Um, and that's, one thing that my wife and I agreed on really quick, you know, we're going to, we're going to live now and we're going to, we're going to enjoy it and not really worry that much about money. And, um, I know that seems absolutely crazy. Um, but I've just seen too many people just in my family and her family, you know, they get to retirement age. Most of them don't even make it to retirement age. And, uh, and, and they've talked so long about, you know, living, like, I'll get to retire. I'll finally get to do this, finally get to do that. And then they don't even make it there. And so I, I told her and we, we established that when we first got married, but coming up on four years ago, we're going to, you know, we're going to live while we're here. And, um, 
And so that's, that's kind of part of it is, yeah. um, is, is we're, we're, you know, we're going to do stuff while we can and, and while we can enjoy it. And, um, and if that, you know, some, sometimes it, sometimes it is a lot of hunts, you know, we, uh, like I said, between Ohio and, uh, and here we're, we're going pretty much every weekend. Um, and then you add on the stuff in the, in the spring, it becomes a year round thing. Uh, but, but we enjoy every minute of it. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, it reminds me of a, um, I, I feel the same way, by the way, that reminds me of a uh, Randy Newberg quote. Um, I think he says something like you'll, you'll run out of health before you run out of money, you know, um, meaning yes. like, don't wait too long, you know, because yeah. you, you'll get to a point where you're not going to be able to, you know, in his case, go up and down mountains or, you know, do whatever right. kind of thing. And yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of the same way. Like my wife is like a big, like Disney nut, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I could care less, but, um, but she goes down there and like, you know, does like the runs and half marathons and that kind of stuff, you know, and makes like a little trips out of them and stuff, you know, a couple of yeah. times a year. And, you know, that's like her hobby. Right. And if we sit and, and we're not rolling in money. So if we sat and bickered about like how much the trip to Disney costs for a weekend or this, that, and the other, then, you know, you, you just lose out on so much, yeah. you know, you can only, you yeah. can only restrain yourself. I mean, you can't be like stupid with your money, but oh, you can absolutely. only restrain yourself so much. And in the end, when you come back, if you feel like if it was like actually worth it, even you got to struggle to make it up. Hey, you know, that's, that's kind of what it's about. I think, you know, right. and same, and, same with the yeah. same with hunting on my end, you know? Yeah. And, it's, and at the end of the day, it's just money. I mean, you know, it's, it, that's all it is, is money. And yeah. so it, and it, at the end of the day, you know, when it, when it all comes down, you know, unfortunately, We've all got an expiration date, and when you mm-hmm. get there, you're not going to worry about what that number is. <laughs> I like that expiration date. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Okay, so um, going back a little bit, um, have you always hunted? Uh, did you come from a hunting family? Yeah, uh, so it's, it's kind of embarrassing. My my dad has been ate up with it. Uh, you know, he his dad didn't hunt. He, he taught himself to, um, but but I got I come by it honest. There's a, there's a picture of me as a infant sitting in a well I guess I was probably a toddler <laughs> sitting in a car seat with an upside upside down deer hunting deer and deer hunting magazine wearing a Dallas Cowboys onesie watching the Cowboys game so I, <laughs> I was born to be a bow hunter and born to be a Cowboys fan that's I didn't awesome. have no option in those two things <laughs> yeah yeah that's funny so um so when was the first time you uh did you always what was your first weapon, I guess, or what did you hunt first? Was it always uh, some sort of um, bow, or did you get into, you know, did you have a twenty-two or something for a first gun or shotgun? Or yeah, when I actually, Dad always tells a story when he's when he found that when you know Mom told him that she was pregnant, he uh, he went out and started making a self bow. Um, so I I very quickly fell in love with the bow um, for whatever reason. I and it's not that I haven't hunted with hunted with other stuff. I definitely have. Um, I you know, had to hunt it with a little bit of everything going up, but my heart's always been in bow hunting and I've never really, never really cared as much about anything else as bows. Hmm. Um, it, it just, even as a little kid, when I'd play the Cabela's hunting games as a third and fourth grader, I would always pick the recurve on the, on the PS2 games. Like it just right. never, I don't know. I, I just never, never really got into to guns as much and, and hunting with guns. Now my brother's, my brother's kind of the opposite. Um, he's a gun nut. He loves doing stuff like that. But yeah, but for me, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, I've always been a bow guy at heart and, uh, you know, I've, I've used other things, but it's just at the end of the day, it's not the same to me. And I don't, I don't, for whatever reason, I just don't care anything about it. Um, no. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I can relate, you know, I mean, I, I like, I like hunting with everything personally, but, um, I don't get the same feeling that I do 
when I pick up my stick bow. Okay. And I mean, I have yet to shoot anything other than a carp with my stick bow, with any stick bow. I shot a pig and I couldn't find it. Right. right. Um, so, and not that I have like a ton of like animal stacked to the ceiling with my compound either, but um, I like hunting. I like, I like meat. I love, you know, the, the processing and the butchering and all that stuff and the cooking, you know, I mean, that's a Absolutely. big, big, big part of what I, you know, do. But, you know, when I'm, when I'm walking around, maybe except with the, my muzzle, loader, I like my muzzle loader, but you yeah. know, with a rifle, it's like, it's like a meat gathering device, you know, yeah. and, and I don't feel special when I shoot something with, with that, you know, right. um, not that I don't like tinkering with them. Um, although I really haven't, you know, tinkered in, in the past couple of years, I was like, you know, pretty heavy into, you know, like reloading and stuff like that. And I still have all that stuff, but I got more ammo downstairs. I hope no one's listening than I can probably do within a lifetime right now. Okay. But you know, um, when I, and, and I carried my compound like twice last year in the woods and it was, it was fun. You know, I like tinkering with it. I, I like tinkering with everything, you know, we can get into right. bows and arrows and setups and stuff later, but, um, I just, never had the same feeling like I do when I, when I have my, you know, I've, I've, I've got a bunch of, you know, trad bows yeah. and regardless of whether I think I'm going to accomplish anything with it or not, the, just, it, it's, it's a little soulless. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's like a friend of mine told me, um, I, he's a, he's a, a good friend of mine that we, we started hunting together about 10 years ago. I went down and hog hunted with him and then he came up and deer hunted with me and we've, we've hunted together ever since. But I, I had a big deer on camera for here, a really good deer on camera. And, uh, we were just kind of talking about it and I said, yeah, that one almost kind of, and I mean, this, this was probably like 2016, 2015, uh, maybe even 2014. I said, that one almost makes me want to pull out, uh, pull out the, pull the compound back out. Mm -hmm. And he didn't miss a beat. He said, you just cheat yourself. Yeah. And I, that's, that's always stuck with me. It's uh -huh. like, you know, I, I could take an animal something else, but I'm definitely, I, I would be cheating myself. And I, the whole time I would be, you know, kicking myself and, and I don't want to say, I, I know Ethan, Ethan picks on me a lot. I, sometimes I, I can come across as like a purist or an elitist and I, I don't, I don't mean to be that way. There's, there's nothing uh, that I, that I hate worse than, than somebody that, that thinks they're better than people. And that, that's not what mm -hmm. I, that's not yeah. what I mean for sure. I, I, you know, I enjoy all types of hunting. Um, I took a once in a lifetime bear for here, um, in December with a 270 and I was as jittery as jittery, jittery gets. Yeah. Um, so I, so I definitely don't want to come across as an elitist cause I, like I said, I will do a little bit of everything, but bow hunting is definitely where my heart is. Um, and that, that quote's always stuck with me. Um, you know, you don't, I don't want to cheat myself. And yeah. so, and that's, you know, at first that kept me going when I first, you know, made the switch to traditional and, uh, but now, you know, it's just, it's just second nature now. So when you first started bow hunting then, did you, I'm guessing you, you said you had a self bow that your dad, you know, started making, but then when you actually got into hunting proper, did you just jump right into a compound or did you kind of stick with the recurve thing? Yeah. So my first, uh, so I had, so I had, you know, a self bow and, uh, and, uh, you know, kids type bows and I, I shot those constantly, loved them. And, had a ball but when I when I started getting you know dad had me in a tree when I was you know six years old um, yeah he, he had me he had a rope tied around my waist um and he we went up in a hemlock he went up first and had the rope and then I tied around my waist and and climbed up and you know probably 25 foot up in a hemlock and <laughs> I sat I was too little to get to the seat so I sat on the platform and uh so I so I started hunting really early and, and I I figured out really quick that uh, I wanted to be the shooter <laughs> So, uh, so I did everything I could and I had old high country outlaw is what it was called. It was a little youth bow. 
yep. uh, compound years ago, and I worked and worked and worked and worked uh, to get up to the legal minimum, which I think was, I think it's 40 pounds. I think it still is 40 pounds. And I finally got there um, for the draw weight. I don't, I don't know how old I was. It wasn't far after that, but I, I worked all summer to get there. And, uh, but that's, you know, I, I started with that old high country outlaw. Um, and I, you know, I had a compound, um, up until probably eighth or ninth grade. Um, you know, I used compound and, um, it just got, you know, I, I enjoyed it and I loved being out there, but it just, it, it got too much like a rifle and I started shooting competition, yeah. uh, 3d competition with compound and I had a lot of success and was doing really well. And it just got to where it was kind of like a rifle. Um, mm -hmm. I knew that, I knew that if the deer was inside, um, you know, inside 30, 40 yards, the, it was over. Yeah. And, uh, and I just, I didn't like that. And I, I remember vividly, um, early high school, I remember, um, t I'd, I'd taken a few does and, uh, just that, you know, that first month of the season or whatever. And I thought it just, it just, it was losing its luster. And that scared me because that's like, that was like my whole point in life. Like, <laughs> you know, that was my number one drive. And then when it's all of a sudden not doing the same thing it was, I'm like, it started worrying me and I started thinking, okay, how can I make this harder? How can I make this to where I'm struggling? Um, and, and that's about the first time that, that, an, that an, a guy to an older gentleman at the bow club introduced me to trad gang. Um, and I started seeing these guys with long bows and recurves. I'm like, Hey, that's what I started with. You know, I want to try that sometime. And, and so I ended up, you know, dad got me a, another recurve for Christmas one year when I was like in ninth grade or something. And, and, uh, it wasn't that long after that, that I was trying to figure out how to hunt with that all the time. What was that first bow? Do you remember? It was a Samick Deermaster. Okay. Uh, it was yeah. the first uh, actual, like, decent recurve. That's what I killed my first few deer with. Yeah. 45-pound um, Samick Deermaster. Nice. Nice. And then, and then it just kind of snowballed from there, basically. And you, you pretty Absolutely. much, like, stuck with, uh, stuck with, you know, with, with, with the trad bow ever, ever since. So yeah. what, are you, uh, what, what are you shooting now? Um, I shoot, I've, I've been shooting Omega longbows since, gosh, um, Kagan probably made me my first, and Kagan wasn't even Omega longbows then, I just, I, I knew him on archery talk, and I knew that this guy with his handle built self bows, mm -hmm. and I emailed him some, at some point in high school, I don't know what point that is, we're pretty close to the same age, I think he's a year older than I am, Yeah. Um, and he, I, I messaged him and asked him if he'd be interested in building me a bow that I'd pay him to build me a bow that I just, I wanted one and, um, didn't know how to make them. And, and he, you know, he said, absolutely. And he, so he made me a bow. He ended up making me three or four bows right off the bat. And then, you know, a few years later he ended up and we kept in touch and, uh, he ended up starting Omega long bows. And so he's, you know, I started with that and, and I've never really shot anything else. That's, you know, I started with him. I, I've got one first ones he made, I guess, uh, when he started Omega in the basement and, uh, yeah, that's all I've ever shot. So that's still what I shoot. Yeah, I've got a uh, I got a sixty four inch uh, uh, original downstairs. Okay. So, yeah, yeah I like that one. Um, I haven't. I, I saw that you were shooting the new. Was that the Spirit? Is that Spirit, what it is? Because yeah. you had the native last year, right? And then and you're yeah. shooting the Spirit. So, um, what's the difference in them? I, I I was looking on the website. I don't know. Well, last week I was looking on the website. I didn't look at it today or whatever. But the, the Spirit's not on the website yet, is it? Is it? Right. Uh, no, the one I actually have is a prototype. There was. Um, Actually, I, I think it was one of the, the first ones, um, you know, off the press. And he he emailed me and said, hey, you know, um, he, you know, he'd come up with this idea and he wanted to test it out. And so he 
come up with a couple of them. He said, I think it's a real winner. Um, he sent it to me, you know, see, see what you think. And, and I fell in love with it. Now, I know this is going to sound ridiculous because, like, like you said, I was shooting a native last year, and I, I loved those natives. Don't get me wrong. Great bows. Love them to death. Uh, still, you know, I have a couple of them downstairs in the basement and, and use them a lot. But that spirit is by far the best bow Kagan's ever made. Um, really? There's no doubt in my mind. Um, now, I shoot an Imperial for 3D season. Yeah, um, I've, I've done pretty well with the with the Imperial for 3D uh, 3D stuff. But as far as it, either an all around bow or just a hunting bow goes, mm -hmm. that Spirit is by far the best bow he's ever made. It's it's quicker than the native. Um, it's for whatever reason, it just it fits me like a glove, and uh, I have absolutely loved that bow. In uh, just looking at pictures and profile, it kind of looks like they're like an original. Um, but yeah. uh, you know, I, I haven't seen them like side by side. So what, what's the, I should, I should have cake. I had, I had Kagan on here last year sometime. I should have him on again, maybe talk about it, but, um, oh, what, yeah. what, uh, so what's the difference between that? And, um, do you have an original or no? Yes. Yes. I've, yeah. I've, I think You've it's embarrassing, but I think I've had one of every bow that Kagan's ever made, yeah. every design he's ever made. Yeah. Um, but he, it's a, it's kind of a hybrid between a, a native and an original. And that's okay. kind of what he was going for, I think. Um, and it's – honestly, if I had to describe it, I would say that, that that's exactly what it is. It's um, it's almost – it's got the reflex deflex. It almost kind of makes it look like a recurve. Um, it's got it's got some wicked curve up top, and it uh, it's a quick little sucker. Because the native um, does that, right? It's got, like, those really, you know, kind of curved – I mean, the native yeah. looks like it's got some really curved uh, – uh, curved limbs does, more yeah. so than, than the original does. Um, how, how long is the bow? Um, it's 62 inches. I think you can build them out to 66 maybe. Okay. Um, I think, I think he stays 62 to 66 or maybe 58, 62, 64. I'm not sure. Right. Um, but I know mine's 62 and I, I think I've saw somebody had one the other day. I saw a picture of that was 66, I think 64 okay. or 66. And, um, so yeah, no. I guess we can just get into your setup then. So you got, you're, yeah. you're, you're shooting the spirit. So why don't you like, tell me about like your poundage and, and, and arrow setup and all that stuff. Yeah. So I, I was one of those kids that played every sport that was around. And so I, I pitched and played quarterback and, uh, and I got hit in the back a lot. Um, <laughs> I was throwing the ball. Mm -hmm. And so my right shoulder is gone. Um, yeah. and it, it, you know, my shoulder is just it, – it, I can't really shoot more – a lot of weight anyway. Um, and what I'm saying, a lot of weight, I don't like a bow that's over 46 or 47 pounds, and that's pushing right. it. Um, I know that seems wimpy or whatever, but – No, my just, bows are like 40 to 43, so. Yeah, okay. So, so yeah, we're the same there. But it's, um, it's just not comfortable. I don't shoot them well. I know people that do, and more power to them, as Briscoe Darlin would say, but I would have no uh, – you know, I, I have no problem with a 40, 43 pound bow. That, that spirit is a, is actually a 43 pound bow. Mm -hmm. um, most all of my bows are between 40 and 43. Um, and it's, it's been working well. I'm shooting, um, and then I draw somewhere between 28 and 29. I think the last time I measured it, it was 29. Right. Um, but it, I'm shooting the black Eagle instincts. Um, and they've got a, they've got a hundred grain outsert out front. It's a micro diameter arrow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I'm shooting that about 200 grains on front of that, um, with a four inch parabolic. So it's, it's got some, it's got some pretty wicked, um, FOC. So you got uh, 300 grains up front then total. 
total yeah total okay right and and in the instincts are they the, they're not the 166 right they're the two, 204 diameter yes yes they're the 204 okay. they're not yeah. as small as the, like the x impacts right right okay yeah man, I, I saw some of them the other day uh, at the archery shop and they look like the freaking sewing needles man Those, they are the, the x impacts my buddy's got some and they are tiny I, yeah i think these are the victory sure vaps maybe or whatever but yeah same deal the 166s are are, are, are tiny but um anyway yeah, yeah sorry i interrupted you there so um oh, okay. what, what do you got for total arrow weight then um total arrow weight comes out to be 572 and okay. uh, that when you do when you do all the math, it's it's between twenty two and twenty three percent front of center. So I think it would. <laughs> it sounds like you're shooting the exact same thing. I got I got five five sixty to five eighty five eighty or something like that on mine, and like I got twenty four percent FOC. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's pretty much identical. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I I was the kind of guy that I was like, well, it's you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I'd shot those outlaws for years, and I still do. I shoot them for three D, great arrows. Yep. Um, you know, for a, for a cheaper arrow, they're a fantastic arrow. Yeah. And I had killed a bunch of stuff with those things. And I thought, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then I, I saw those and I'm like, you know what? I'll give them a try. And, uh, I got some and I shot the same instinct into a cinder block wall, um, at 10 yards at full draw three different times. And I still shoot that arrow. That's still my practice arrow. Oh, wow. Thought, Man, Jesus. if I can do that three times and that arrow is still good to go yeah they're and, tough black eagle builds a good yeah, arrow i just i i had i had the outlaws i had the 600 spine outlaws for a little bit and right. it, it call me vain this is the most ridiculous thing i could not stand the graphics yeah oh, i understand <laughs> i could not stand the graphics i couldn't yeah. hold on to them i'm like man i really want to love these arrows yeah. but you know the, the gold tip, i've been shooting gold tip trads and they're they're so tough you know i mean the gold tip right. are tough, tough, tough. So I, I've kind of, you know, just stuck with those, but I mean, like shout out to, to, uh, sure. to black Eagle, because I, I, I mean, people love those arrows, even the cheap ones, like you said, those outlaws, great bargain. Right. I think you can get like uh, half a dozen Fletch for like 40 something bucks or something. So, yeah, you know, they, I, I got those. Um, and i tell you how I even came about. I, I shot gold tips, gold tips as well. I shot those mm -hmm. pink nets for years. Yep. Uh, I love those errors. They're great errors. And I, I went out to the ATA. I went, I worked a little part-time for a local bow shop and uh, they sent me out to the ATA show to talk to some people and ended up talking to the black Eagle guys. And it was, it was just like talking to Joe Blow from down the street. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we talked to them for a while. They're really nice guys. I'm like, yeah, I really like those guys. And then I got to mess with their errors and I really like their errors. Um, yeah. And, and I started with those those outlaws um i love those outlaws and you, you can take acetone and rub those graphics right off <laughs> uh but yeah. i know several people that do um but they uh the outlaws were great and then and like i said i've i still shoot those for tournaments uh that's that's what i shoot for 3ds and then uh, uh i switched to the instincts and have been absolutely nothing but impressed i shot a eight pointer this year in ohio he was somewhere between 22 and 24 yards and he yep. was hard quartering away um and i I shot him and he was leaving and it was kind of a split second thing. One of those things you don't really think about. It just happens. Mm -hmm. And uh, I put the arrow right in front of his, um, right in front of his butt cheek and he was quartering hard and it came out his shoulder on the other side. Um, yeah. 43 pound bow to go all the way through an Ohio buck from front, from back to front, you know, and come out the other side. Uh, that to me, that was, uh, that was all I needed to see. That's, that's pretty damn impressive. Um, Right. That that whole, you know, the skinny arrow thing, you know, I, I haven't gone down that road mostly because I thought, okay, well, you know, um, 
price, you know, there's, and and I know when it comes down to it, it's like, what's, what's a few extra dollars when it comes to, you know, losing an animal, not losing an animal kind of thing. I get it, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, there's, there, there's a lot to be said for that, especially with you know, when you got an outsert system too. So when you got, you know, yeah. uh, you know, the, the tough front end and the, you know, the arrow just basically slips in behind the slipstream basically of, of, of the hole that's created up front, you know? So yeah. that's, that's and gotta it, be a pretty yeah, good testament. Right. It does well. I mean, you know, I, I, I've killed a pile of stuff without them and obviously native Americans did for thousands of years before that without a, yeah. you know, high front system but it it definitely it definitely helps um like i said i'm not gonna sit here and say you can't kill a deer without it because you obviously mm-hmm. can um but it they they are a great arrow and i I've, I've been very 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 impressed more or less with the toughness than anything i knew the penetration was going to be better but i've yeah. been crazy impressed with the toughness and i think it's because that outsert goes over the whole um, outside of the shaft. Yes. And so yep. instead of having that mushroom, when you hit something hard, I know you've done that before. Everybody's done that. Yeah. With an um, axis or something, if it's not footed. Yeah. yeah. Hit the, either hit the 3d, the metal part of the 3d leg or get mm-hmm. a, a stump too hard or something. Um, that, that doesn't happen like at all. Um, so yeah. that's, that's nice. And, uh, and, and like I said, I don't know if it's the micro diameter that, that helps the penetration or just the sheer amount of weight up front that, mm-hmm. that does it. But for whatever reason, they, they blow through some stuff. Uh, yeah, it's probably a combination of uh, yeah, of, yeah. of everything. What are you, what are you using for a broadhead? Um, I've shot uh, Bill Dunn's um, Grizzly Bruins I, for a while. I've loved those. Um, they they penetrate great. I've shot a little bit of everything. Um, as far as for, for if I if I want to just blow through stuff, the Grizzly's hard to beat. Uh, the three to one right uh, two blade it, it'll it'll shoot through most anything. Um, with turkeys, sometimes I, you know, I like to shoot a three blade, like a, a shoot a woodsman sometime for, mm-hmm. for turkeys, just because they don't bleed all that well. Right. And, uh, and believe it or not, a turkey is actually a lot harder to get good penetration on than a deer. Yeah. They um, just absorb like a pillow. Yeah. Between the, the, the feathers and the wing bone and those, all those bones in tight on that chest, they just, they'll kill penetration. So I, yeah. Of course, that chest isn't four inches wide. You really just got to get in there. Um, right. So I like a three blade for those, just because of that. Um, but like I said, I've shot them with two blades too. But but a grizzly Bruin's kind of been my go-to. The the Bruin. What's the difference between that and a regular grizzly? Is that um, wider? It's double bevel. Oh, double bevel. Okay, all right. Because grizzlies yeah. normally single, right? Okay. Yeah, gotcha. and it's and and I I did the single bevel thing for a while, and um, they did great. You know, they they penetrate well. The thing was. I, I never really got that good of blood trails with them. Um, it would either be a poster card blood trail or next to nothing. Um, right. and, and I, and I get the whole thing as well. You're killing them quicker. I get that. And it's like, well, if it's dead in 60 yards, it doesn't matter. Man, you go hunt some of them places we do in Georgia, you can lose a pig in 60 yards. Easy. Yeah. Very thick. And, and that blood is super helpful. Um, so, so I, I kind of like those for, for whatever reason I, I've gotten better trails out of the Bruins. Um, so I, I definitely. No, I, I hear you. I had uh, Troy Fowler on here, you know, ranch fairy. I don't know if you watch any of his yeah, stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, we were having that conversation too about like, you know, his, his whole thing is, you know, people get too caught up in blood trails and you know, right. it doesn't matter if they go down with, you know, if they go down with sight, who the hell needs a blood trail, you just need to get yeah. in there and, and, and put it where it needs to be and penetrate, right. you know? And I'm thinking like, well, it, that's great, but it'd be great if we could have both. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you can definitely have both. You know, I could yeah. see both sides of it, you know, but right. like I said, I mean, you're, you're right. And you go down uh, hog hunting. I mean, a giant 
you know, the last one wasn't a giant, but the last one I shot was like, I mean, 120 pounds or something like that. Right. And they're, you know, they can disappear under a palmetto, like the size of a coffee table. Right. Yeah. And Absolutely. you can't, you, if you don't, if in, you know, if you can't track them, you know, cause there's other pigs there, there's lots of other sign. How do you know which one you're going after? You know, and they, they don't bleed anyway, you know, right. but just, you know, if you extend that out to, you know, I've never hunted bears, but you know, extend it out to bears or, you know, definitely deer and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, um, I mean, I have, I have yet to, to, to put anything out of my trad equipment through something. Right. And I, and, and, and I shoot for practice anyway. So I've been shooting wikis and all that stuff. And, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I was actually talking to, um, um, Jason, uh, Bojo, the owner of uh, tough heads there. And, uh, I think I'm going to order some of those things up too, because, you know, like I said, I like to tinker, right. I like taking yeah. stuff apart, whatever. And, you know, not that I've had a bad experience with the, you know, those wikis or anything like that, but I just, I think I just like building like a super strong, tough, right. you know, wherever I can, you know, eliminate the yeah. chance of anything going wrong kind of thing. But, you know, with, with those, you know, it's kind of like a grizzly almost, right? It's a three to one. It's a long slicing. Um, you got a lot of like real estate there to, to, to start, you know, yeah. to slice, even though it's not super wide. Right. So, you know, I, and, and, you know, you talk to some guys and they're like, man, it really doesn't matter on the, you know, what blade, you know, you're shooting, you know, some, sometimes the blade, sometimes the blood trail is just, you know, like a bloodbath and some of it is like really sparse, you know, yeah. um, except for the Simmons guys. Like <laughs> every time I see a Simmons blood trail or, or, or wound, I mean, the thing just looks gigantic, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and, and I, I had a, go ahead. I shot a Simmons. I think it was a safari. I've only got one, um, a guy named Lee Hinton down the down the state gave me one to try and I shot or I killed six deer with that one broadhead. I've still got it downstairs. I mean, that was with a 40 pound bow. Wow. It blew through everything and, and it was deadly. Um, that it was a great head. Um, the, the pro you probably wonder why I don't use uh, Simmons. They are an absolutely great head. Um, and I may shoot them in the future. It, um, I'm the type of guy though, <laughs> we go through a lot of ammunition <laughs> mm -hmm. between Georgia and, and like I said, Tennessee, Ohio, and whatever it is here. We, you know, we, there's some properties we hunt, we only have permission to hunt it for depredation, like to get rid of the deer. Mm -hmm. So we go through a lot of ammunition. And when you've got 40, $50 for a three pack, that really adds up quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's true. Grizzlies are still pretty, uh, pretty affordable though. Right. Right. Yeah. They're about, they're about, I think it's about 40 or $50 for six. For six. Um, right. For six. Yeah. yeah okay. So yeah. I mean, I think nothing beats his wiki for like 18 bucks, you know, for, for yeah, three of yeah, them. Heck, Monty Browning kills a giant moose every year. Oh yeah. yeah you know? a freaking <laughs> legend. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. And, and I like the, um, uh, I, I, I'm one of the weirdos that like sharpening, you know, I'll sit downstairs yeah. in the basement, you know, listen to podcasts and sharpen all night kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, I, I can get them razor, razor popping sharp. And I bet you I can get, you know, the tough head razor, razor popping sharp, you know, after shooting him and stuff. But, um, the Simmons, I, I had some in here just, just to kind of try out, just to kind of shoot and play around with or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I can't remember the owner's name now. Um, I talked to him for a little bit and, and he'll, he'll even tell you, Hey, they, they don't come, you know, you need to touch them up a little bit. They don't come hunt ready. And, um, I, I could not get a hair popping 
uh, razor, razor sharp edge on those things. And I consider myself pretty damn good at, at, right. at sharpening broadheads. You know what I mean? Not right. to sound like a dick, but I mean, and I could not get these things hair popping sharp. I can get them sharp enough, you know? Um, but there was always like the back of my mind going, okay, if I didn't know any better, you know, they're, 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 they're sharp as well. Like, let's say like, like compound heads come, you know, out of the package, which to me are not nearly sharp enough anyway. And if I didn't know any better, I'm like, oh, okay, they're sharp, quote unquote. But now that, but when you know that you can get something like hair shaving sharp, it's just not good enough, you know, and, and I, this isn't a cut on Simmons or anything like that. It's just, I, for some reason have not been able to sharpen them hair pop and sharpen. I'm like, well, if, you know, if that's always going to be kind of nagging at the back of my head, it's probably a head that I'm not going to shoot. So I ended up selling them, you know? Right. It, yeah. And I, I've used, always used those, um, for those that, those Rada sharpeners. Um, and yep. it's, like I said, it, it's not going to be like a paper wheel sharp. Um, but I could definitely get it to pull hair off my arm for sure. Really? Um, See, I got a rotto downstairs and I couldn't, I can get them sharp, but I couldn't get them hair popping sharp. They're right. still sitting but, in my, in my, in my cupboard downstairs. Were you, when they, when you use that rotto, do you tilt it back towards you just a little bit? Oh yeah. Yeah. I do right on the edge. So I don't even do like, you know, flat across like the three wheels or whatever. I do it just right. on the edge of, you know, one, like two of the wheels that cross. Right. And it, yeah, you got to pull it straight because, you know, you could cock that, um, that edge, you know, left or yeah. right or kind of whatever. And you can kind of get a wobbly edge and stuff, but yeah, right. I don't know. I mean, some guys have great luck with them, but, uh, yeah. um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of uh who's who's the guy? Not um uh who's the guy in Louisiana? Um Harmon Carson. No, not Harmon. Um there's another guy. He's got a he's got another channel too, and he's been killing stuff with with uh Simmons like forever. And oh, he's got Walmart. Warren Walmick. Nope, not him either. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm out of guesses then. There's another guy, I know it's on the tip of my tongue. Um any anyway, he uh He's he's got a he's got a it's like an older video um of him just doing you know just hair shaving sharp and I'm like oh well you know and the guy just slays like lots and lots of stuff as does Harmon you know yeah. and, and 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 Warren of course but uh, yeah no so I'm I think I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna try and stick to you know one kind of broadhead this year and I, and it's gonna be uh it's gonna be the tough head and yeah. I'm gonna try and just kind of you know sh- and I think it's gonna be better for tunability anyway. Um, I didn't want to shoot anything super wide. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good at, you know, I think at, at like tuning a bow and arrow to, you know, to fly right anyway. So it really yeah. wouldn't matter, but, uh, the Simmons, you know, I, I never actually got to, to shoot and test them, you know, outside longer range kind of thing, just to see how, how, you know, right. if they wind planed at all or anything like that. But, um, yeah, and I, and I think a lot of guys, a lot of guys get tore up about that. And if you're, you know, if, if you're going to hunt, you know, Cape Buffalo, by all yeah. means, be extremely meticulous and, and stress and lose sleep over it because you probably need to. Um, but but deer hunting, especially if you, if you get that thing pulling hair off your arms and, you know, most of the time you put it, you put it where it needs to go. Um, I, I think any of the heads in today's market, yeah. put it where it's supposed to go oh, in the traditional market. <laughs> There's some compound companies that I would be concerned about, but <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The market, some of the, you know, if, if, if they, if you put them in the rib cage and um, and it's sharp and you're going to be in good shape. Yeah. Well, it, it's making me feel good that, uh, you know, your poundage and arrow weight and all that stuff is, is pretty much what I'm shooting. So, oh, yeah. um, with the exception of the, you know, the diameter of the arrow. So, I mean, you right. seem to have a lot of, you know, success. So I, I, I kind of look to those who, uh, who shoot, you know, similar. Cause I mean, if a guy's shooting like, like an Aaron Snyder, right. He's shooting 60 pounds, right. I mean, yeah. you could, yeah, you could put a cinder block on the end of his arrow and it'd be like, Oh yeah, I got full penetration that, you know, yeah. end to end. But, um, I tell you, know, you for, we, 
we I got into a little bit of a, a little bit of a squabble with a pig down in Georgia last year, and he he was a big nasty boar, probably the biggest boar I've ever killed. And uh, and what happened? We were on the same trail, and uh, he come down. He was about four or five feet off the end of my arrow, um, oh. almost straight on. And it was I would never take the shot in any other situation, but I was right. on, and he was about four or five feet feet off the end of my arrow. I mean, oh, I'm mean, literally a like a three yard shot at most and uh, I put it right beside his jawbone between his jawbone and his shoulder mm-hmm. I was going straight back into him. Yep. And, and I actually shot it with an outlaw and uh, it was a 200 grain head, um, 42 pound bow. Um, and it buried it past the outlaw label, or buried it to the outlaw label back into it. Oh, wow. And, yeah. So he, and that was a bloody massacre and he ended up, you know, he figured out where I was, came after me. I had to throw my bow at him and, <laughs> really? between me and him and i thought i was having a heart attack but he ended up getting the worst end of the deal and he, he ran off and died in about 80 yards but that wow that, you know i i it's not that i didn't have any con didn't have enough confidence because i did i didn't have any concerns whatsoever when i saw mm-hmm. it i'm like you know mm-hmm. if it'll put it to a label straight on a big boar like that um I, i'm not really worried about anything i hunt yeah what do you um you mostly hunt out of a tree stand right Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. What do you, what's your, what's your setup? Uh, do you have, you, you said you got some private and you might have some like pre-hungs or whatever, but do you carry in everything with you? Are you kind of a mobile guy elsewhere or what yeah, do you do? 90% of the time, I'm completely mobile. Um, on those two family farms, uh, my wife's family farms, I'll have some preset stands that are just in classic funnels that, mm-hmm. that you know, you can kill a good buck out of every year. Um, so I'll, I'll have a few sets or a few stands set up for those, uh, probably two or three stands on each property. They're both about 80 acres. Um, but when I'm hunting on public and, and honestly, um, and even on those private too, when I'm hunting acorns, um, I run a lone wolf assault too. And that's something that I switched to this year, um, with sticks. I'd, I'd been a climber guy my whole life. I, mm-hmm. you know, I used a summit and then an X stand climber, loved them both. Um, but hunting in Ohio, um, and, and honestly, even down in Florida hunting pigs, um, I needed the ability to, to hunt in different trees. Um, and here, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You, you can find a poplar or a white yeah. oak with high limbs or something pretty much anywhere you want to sit. Straight up um, non-leaning tree. Right. And right. so you, you, you can get away with it here almost anywhere. Um, but when you go to Ohio and you hunt some of that, some of that country that's, you know, it's, whether it's been logged in the past or, or whatever it is, you know, sometimes they're just not a decent tree. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as a climber goes, but you can get, you can get in something, um, with a hang on. So I, I really enjoyed that freedom this year and that ability to, to get wherever. And, and at first it threw me a little bit for a curve as far as the, the system, you know, I, with my climber, I, I had it down to a science. I'd done it since I was a little boy. Right. I knew where everything was at. You know, I could go in in the dark and do it without a headlamp, without nothing and, and have no issues. But <clears throat> It took me just, it was a little bit of a learning curve with the sticks, but I, but I finally got that down after a little bit of practice and then a fall of using it. And now I, I don't see myself going back for any reason. Um, yeah. it, it was a phenomenal setup and, and, and great for, for the way we hunt for sure. When you, when you shot out of a climber, did it have the bar around it or was it like an open front climber? No, with the, with the, with a compound, you can, you can get away with it a little bit with a right. row, it, it just almost is a deal breaker to have okay, that, yeah. um, to have that bar. You, you can make it work. Um, specifically if you get something called a Hasmore seat to where it sits you up higher where yep. you can have the bar lower. That's the mesh seat, right? The kind of, yeah, uh, yeah it's like a net. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal seat by the way, if anybody's listening and loves those things, great seat. Um, 
better than any of the stock seats. But uh, I always got the climbers without the front. So I had a Summit Bushmaster that was open in the front, and then I had a X Stand Mini, um, and okay. it was it was open in the front. Um, so I I love but uh, I you know I used and and had success out of both of those. Have you uh, have you gone down the um, uh, the saddle path yet? Yeah, so I I got into it. I actually built one off of um, the guy that did tethered. Uh, the guy that does tethered that uh, I think his name's Godfrey, maybe. Yeah, Greg. Greg. Yep. Um, he did a build along, or a, a, not. I, mean, I don't think it's build along. It was just a DIY. How to do a uh, sit drag. Yep. Um, system. And so I, I made one of those. I sewed it up and and I got it. And I, you know, I I messed with it and and I, I gave it two falls. Like you know, I piddle with it and. and got the ring of steps and, and with the Ropeman one and all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. with the camera gear, I just, it, and again, I, I had this, I, I was on a podcast with Stickbow Chronicles and had a, they talked about it uh, with the, with the client or with the saddle and somebody immediately emailed and like, yeah, don't let him fool you. And, and of course people love them for my, for my uses. It's, it's not there um, for yeah. the, for the camera gear. And, and I just never could get it to where, it was all that comfortable. I mean, I could, I could sit there for two hours. Heck I can stand on a limb for two hours, you mm-hmm. know, but if I, if I, you know, a lot of the hunting we do like in Ohio, when we go to Ohio in November, you know, we pack a lunch, we sit from six to six. Um, there's right. no, you know, I, I'll get down and walk around the tree or something or get down and meet Ethan for lunch, you know, halfway between us in the woods. But, but we're sitting there from six to six and, and it's hard to be to hang on for that. Um, again, it's not all that comfortable, but you, you know, it's still, you have room. And with that, I don't know, the saddle, it just, it didn't work as well. Um, and if it dropped off cold, you know, you're kind of set on your bottom mm-hmm. end when you, when you get in that saddle, it's not like you can be 25 feet up in the air and somehow put on another pair of pants or like your coveralls or whatever. Or like a heater bodysuit or something like that. Right, yeah, right. yeah. And, and hunting in Ohio and, and, and doing that, going back, it was just, it was hard. You, for me, it just didn't work, and um, and nothing against them, not a knock against them. They're they're a great product, and there's a place and time for them. And honestly, if I if I didn't film everything, mm-hmm. um, I would probably t- try to try the tethered system. Um, a, a friend of mine that uh, he lives in Hawaii, but he he's got some property here, and he he's got the tethered system. He loves it, and he brought it, and we were uh, over at the house, and we were messing with it, and it is significantly better than my sit drag. Oh yeah, I mean a sit drag and a rock climbing harness. I mean that's yeah, right. it, it's that's what a lot of the DIY. You know, I um I got into it. You know, all last year, well, I, I I did um a few hunts on the ground, but um I did uh, the tack to saddle. You know, uh, yeah, okay. by, uh, John Tucker. You know, he's a friend of you know Jason Samkoviak. I don't know if you follow his stuff, but yeah, yeah, um, I think I follow him on Instagram. Yeah, so um to me that was supremely comfortable. Um, yeah. It was more so than, than the Mantis was. I, I tried the Mantis for a while, and that did ride up a lot, which was a common complaint with the Mantis. Apparently, they've got a new one, like the new one, the Phantom they've got. Apparently, that's all gone away. I haven't yeah. tried it, you know. I mean, those guys are, you know, more power to them, innovators or whatever. But um, the Tactus Saddle, for me, like, like worked really well as far as, like, comfort goes. But I hear you on the, you know, you, you need to be, before you climb the tree, um, you know, you can walk up to the base and, like, okay, whatever I'm going to put on, especially the bottom end, I got to put it on now you know, and then kind of, you know, keep it on because you, cause you're climbing, you know, with the saddle, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I don't, I don't film and I, I want to film and maybe we can get into that too. Um, but what, what specifically about the filming aspect of it made it harder with the saddle 
that you don't have with um uh, with, with a tree stand is it because you're facing the tree and then you're kind of more more like are you having interference with a camera arm or what's going on there yeah it ideally the way and somebody may be completely different but for me ideally i want the i want the camera on my right side um so that i can have my bow in my left arm and i can work the you know i can work everything with my right hand and if okay. you've ever watched our videos I'm not going to be a, a daggum Bill Winky or even the hunting public. I'm not going to zoom in so you can see their nostrils and, and right. it's all that. It, it's going to be a pan and shoot type deal mm -hmm. um, for the most part with me. And, um, and so with doing that, I can look at the deer and not even look at the camera and know that it's in the frame. Okay. And, yeah. And so that having it on my right side is the main thing. Well, with a, with a, a saddle that put the camera arm right in front of me and ideally with the saddle, you know, and I'm sure you hunt it, you, I'm right-handed, so obviously I I would want the shot to be on the left side of the tree yep. or behind me. Um, was 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 obviously the best shots, and so oh, okay, yeah. And so when I when I would go to move, it seemed like I never could get out of the way. Um, okay. And again, again, that if I gave it three or four years, and I could probably figure it out. Yeah. Um, but it. This year, I'll tell you the, the thing that killed it. It was late September. Um, I had a really hot white oak. Um, Big doe was coming in. Hadn't killed a deer all year because I've been coaching volleyball. Um, and, you know, Callie, my wife had been on me. She had been wanting some deer tacos. <laughs> <laughs> and this doe come in at like nine yards. All right, she's like feeding broadside. And uh, so I go to draw, get drawn, and she – I don't know what made her look up. Um, she, for some reason, looked up and she come out of her skin. I mean, it wasn't like a, what are you doing? Like stand there and look at you. She came out of her skin and that just really got under my skin. Uh, hmm. I just, I thought, you know, if I was in a tree, if I was in a hang on, I had my seat flipped up and I was scooted back against that trunk. Mm -hmm. Um, she's laying 65 yards away. Right. right um, and if, but she's not because I wasn't in what I'm comfortable with. And so that was, that was kind of it for me. Um, I, I, I came home, put sat on the corner. Um, you know, I got the lone wolf stove back out, you know, that's, and that was kind of it. And again, I, I don't want, and, and, and you obviously use it. You love it. I don't want anybody to think I'm totally against them because I'm not, they're a great product. They have, they obviously have a place in the market. They wouldn't be as, as popular if they, if they didn't work, it's just, it's not for me. Um, I, 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 I wasn't a big fan, but again, everybody's different. Um, yeah. That, I, I mean the whole, um, uh, for, for me, um, I, I never had the, the lone wolf, but I had the XOP vanish, you know, which is like an assault two yeah, copy, similar, yeah. um, which, and, and not nearly as good by the way. And I've, I've already, you know, voiced my displeasure in some of the XOP stuff, but, um, he's looking in the XOP <clears throat> stuff next year. <laughs> who is? Uh, Ethan, the, the other guy on the boys, he's, he's, <clears throat> the, he's been using a climber too. He's switching to the hanging hunt rig and, um, he was looking at the XOP over the lone wolf. Yeah. So they've revamped some of the XOP stuff. Okay. So I don't want to like bad mouth the new XOP stuff. This was because right. like, this past season they came out with some, um, uh, and I'm not even talking like the lone wolf custom side of the, you know, what, oh, yeah, the, yeah. The no, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I'm talking just the XOP. And I know they, re they revamped the vanish and, and some other ones. 
Um, the problem with that one, I'll just recap it real quick. If you look at the back of the Assault 2, right, um, yeah. it's wider. The, the base, you know, where the teeth are at the base of the platform, right, yeah. it's a lot wider. Um, and, it, and more of the teeth actually grip the tree, no matter what size the tree. The right. Vanish is a lot narrower. Now, they say, well, this is on purpose so you can get into smaller trees, you know, go deeper, blah, blah, blah. Well, no matter how small the tree is, I mean, you'd have to be like, like in a baseball bat size tree. Only the two very outer, um, the outer edge teeth would actually like hit the tree. And then the, the entire rest of the V, you know, all the teeth are, are completely untouched. So you, so you end up with this kind of rocking motion. I could never get it cam locked. You know, you, you, you know, you sit on the seat, you, you know, you, you, you pull up with your other foot, you know, shove this, you know, shove the thing down and cam lock it down. You know, I, I never felt completely, um, uh, stable in that in, in all conditions half the time it would and half the time I'd get like a little bit of rocking motion so yeah. you know and, and I'm I, I got over my fear of heights you know I wasn't all that jazzed about being you know, being up high anyway um, yeah. but uh, even with that it, it still not even unnerves you sometimes it unnerves you but it's kind of distracting when you get a little bit of a foot wobble and you're trying to shift around and be like okay what yeah. if I if I have to lean around to lean down and you know some extra clearance for my bow limb, you know, am I around the tree right. kind of thing? Um, you know, in, in all disclosure, I, I have not sat in an assault too, but I have talked to many people who have run both of them and there's like no comparison as far as stability and, 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 and that, that quality. Now, again, I don't know, uh, the, the new design of the vanish if, if that's, if that's changed enough. Anyway, that, that was my, that was my beef with it, you know, but, um, out of a platform like that, you know, I, I always found it kind of hard to, uh, get stable enough, have my feet wide enough where I want, or you only have so much room, you know, if you're kind of twisting yeah, yeah. around and doing that, it would always throw me off of like, okay, I'm, I'm focusing half on trying to balance and half on trying to get my upper body alignment to be able to shoot downwards and, and, and right. you know, execute a good shot with the saddle. Um, it's, it's way more comforting because you're always in tension, right? Something's always right, pulling yeah, yeah. on you constantly, but if you don't have a good platform as well to stand on there, you kind of end up like a pendulum. You know, you'll, you'll yeah. swing around to the low side because you're a big-ass pendulum up there, yeah. you know. So it's been a learning curve. I'm still kind of working out my, um, my platform uh, deal. I don't have that Predator platform, which, which everyone says is amazing, you know, from Tethered. Uh, right. What I ended up doing was I ended up having like a smaller platform from a company called Art Artisan Outdoor Fabrications. And it basically replaces the top step on one of your climbing sticks. And I climb with one stick. I do a one stick climbing method, right? So all I got to carry in there is like, you know, my saddle, my ropes and the one stick on my backpack. And then yeah. when I'm done climbing, I just, that is my platform up top. But, um, and, and this isn't a knock against, uh, this, this platform because it's designed to be super small, but I found that I couldn't steady myself on some of the leaning shots that, you know, a lot of the, you know, the hype and a lot of the, um, videos you'll see, Hey, you could swing all the way around the tree and kick out sideways and do all right. these acrobatics and get shots. I yeah. found I couldn't do that because you need like two points of contact with your feet to kind of, kind of, you know, brace you know, one against the other and kind of shoot. I almost say kind of like, um, you know, like the Captain Morgan stance, you know, you got one knee kind of higher up than the other. Right. That's pretty damn stable, right? If you're, yeah. you know, if you've got two feet kind of apart and one's kind of bent and you, you know, um, so that's, that's, that's a consideration for people who, you know, watch these videos, I think, 
and think, oh, I can just shoot all the way around. Well, yeah, but you need a really, really good, like, stable base to be able to do that. And, you know, some stabilization muscles up there, was, like I said, yeah. when you're like a pendulum, uh, that you can not worry about kind of swinging around too much, and you can just worry about um, upper body form, especially with a traditional bow. You know, with a compound, it's easy. You know, right. you, you pull it back, you hold it back, you line everything up and you could be like not in the best position with a compound. As long as everything's lined up, you just pull the trigger and let it go, you know, right. but with the trad bow, you know, you know, it's a whole, like the whole upper body, you know, pull, 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 pick a spot, whatever, all that kind of stuff. You need, yeah. you need your base to be solid and you need to not be thinking about anything other than, you know, picking a spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally, I totally relate. Um, and like I said, it, the way I had the same problem and I, I had to, I, there a couple summers ago, I just got up in a tree and at the, at the bow club and, and put a 3D target out and just shot a bunch of arrows um, until I figured it out exactly. But I know exactly what you're saying. Um, and two, it's not just shooting, it's moving. Um, like if you've got a, and I don't know how deer are um, from where you're from, um, but if I, if I've got deer coming into acorns or coming to whatever they're doing, even walking through, you know, those here walk around looking up in trees. Mm -hmm. And if, like you say, you're a big pendulum going to the low side, if, if I move, um, if I swing, sometimes it's really hard not to swing too fast or to swing farther than you want to swing. And that yeah. movement doesn't yeah. work. And I, and I know a lot of the stuff that, uh, a lot of the advertisements are, oh, you can keep the, the tree between you and the animal. Good luck. Come to North Carolina and try that, and they will. the deer will laugh at you. <laughs> it, yeah. it isn't going to work. Uh, you can't get away with that much movement. Um, so I, I, can, I can definitely agree with what you're saying. It, that, that was definitely there. And, and, again, had I tried the – I think with a platform, I would have been a lot better off. I was doing the ring of steps. So that had me moving a lot around the tree. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the platform would have been the, the better way to go for sure. Um, yeah, dude, I, I bought a ring of steps, uh, used, you know, off of uh saddle right, hunter or yeah. something like that or whatever it got yeah. delivered to me. I looked at it. It was all bulky and like, you got these five, six steps that are all dangling and clanging. I didn't even put it on the tree. I relisted yeah. it like that afternoon. <laughs> I, sold yeah, it I totally well, understand. I know I'm not going to like this. <laughs> yeah. I've got a set downstairs that needs to be sold. <laughs> Same yeah, thing. I just, you know, if I do anything, I think I'm going to do that, that predator platform because yeah, that does have kind of like the wings that kind of kick out on the sides and you have right. more room for your, you just physically more room for your boots and you can have, yeah. you can have two feet kind of spread apart and brace, you know, work against each other, you know, and, and, and stabilize yourself. So I think, you know, yeah. but, but you like know, said, that's but part of the fun. Yeah. Like I said, I got, I've got a buddy in Virginia that is, uh, he, he just bought, he just got the new Phantom in. He was playing with it yesterday. I actually sent him in pictures. Um, and he loves it. I mean, he, he went and he, you know, he's hunting, he's just like me, he's hunting tree stands his whole life. Um, and he, he got into it and he's went a hundred percent has been for multiple years now and absolutely loves it. So I know there is, you know, it, there's definitely, there's something to it and he, he's got it figured out a lot better than I do, but he doesn't film either. He just uh, goes there. But, but now I, I think if I'm not mistaken, Harmon Carson hunts out of a saddle and he films all the time. So. Yeah, he does both. I think he hunts out of a saddle and uh, out of, out of uh, tree stands as well. Cause he's got some, uh, I don't know if he's got presets or what I, I don't know. I came, I had him on too. I was, we were talking, but um, yeah, he's, he's, he, I think, most of his videos it seems like now he's out of a saddle right you know? yeah but, so but like, he's a guy that's like hey i'll just use whatever tools necessary to get right, to, right. You know? <laughs> those are usually the guys that are the deadliest yeah <laughs> i've found <laughs> yeah oh no absolutely he uh and 
it, he, he didn't go with the fad. I think he was doing it, you know, long before, you know, and, and I jumped into it, not because it's a fad, but because I wanted to kind of, uh, A, I wanted to get rid of my, my, my XOP anyway. And yeah. about the time this whole saddle thing was getting popular, I was considering like selling, I was going to get rid of that anyway. I'm like, well, screw it. I'm going to buy an assault too. And if I can't afford that, I'm just going to hunt on the ground. Cause I like hunting on the ground anyway. And yeah. then the saddle <laughs> thing came along and I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this, you know, and, and it took, you know, a, a good season to kind of work all the kinks like okay you know where how it's even how you like set up your your backpack you know like okay yeah. what order do i put stuff in what length do these ropes need to be do they really need to be this long or this short or blah 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 you know so right. i got that good a system it's almost it's almost i'm gonna say quote-unquote perfected it's just except for like yeah. the you know um getting stabilized for more shots you know up yeah. up in the tree rather than just only only a few select ones but um yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I got I got a system. I, I I can take that stand. It's packed up in the basement right now. I could be on, I could be 25, 30 foot up, and I think I timed it last year, and it was under four minutes. Um, up and hunting. I mean, do you um do you go up just as a matter of course like that, like automatically go really high, or do you or do you pay more attention to hey wherever my back cover is, that's as high as I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, I, I, I tend to be 25, 30 feet. I, I mean, I try to get there as quick as I can. Um, and the reason is, uh, you, you said you were down in Statesville. Um, so every, whatever it looked like in Statesville is not what it looks like here. <laughs> it's oh, totally, no, no, totally no, yeah. different terrain. It's straight up and straight down. Oh yes. Yeah. And, uh, you can be 30 feet off the ground. Right. You can have the deer 10 yards away from the base of your tree looking you in the eye. And their eyeballs, right. Yeah, because yeah. they're coming and up so, a ridge or across the little dip or ridge. Or so. Yeah, right. Right. And you can be hid all you want to be hid. And it, <clears throat> and, and it is, you know, obviously that's what you want to do. You want to be hid. Um, but their nose will get you every time when it's yeah. like that. And so um, to try to – and, our, and, I, and I, I've hunted in Ohio, and, like, you go on the weather channel, you're like, oh, yes, I've got a good wind for – this funnel yeah you can forget that here the wind blows 360 degrees pretty much all the time oh, i don't um, even check the wind i'm i'm, yeah, I'm fully it, on board like the yeah, you know the dan fault milkweed thing and that's it you know because right, it's a it's amazing what what that milkweed will show you you know you can have yeah. prevailing wind and um <clears throat> it just, <clears throat> excuse me but people that know i mean go go try it yourself with, with this stuff i don't know if they have access to milkweed or whatever but i was i was doing a test one day um <clears throat> I even did like, it was like a little follow along hunt or whatever, not last season, season before. And I was right. kind of over this like river bluff. Right. And the wind was coming like completely different than what the thermals were doing. And I was showing like, okay, look, you know, it's, it was still daylight when I got there. Um, you know, it was late afternoon, but, and I was dropping milkweed and I'm showing the milkweed going, it was a pretty steep, really steep slope and it's going all the way up the slope. Right. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to hunker down here, but give it an hour. So an hour later, um, when the sun was, you know, had kind of started going down and it started to cool down, not much, not even noticeably cool down. You drop the milkweed, complete 180. All that scent was going straight down to the bottom, you know, yeah, and down. you just, you just, if you, if you don't have that kind of, um, three dimensional, uh, um, you know, virtual view in your head of, of what stuff's mm -hmm. going on, then I think you're at a disadvantage. You know, I don't even pay attention yeah. to, to what, you know, quote unquote, the weather or prevailing wind or, I mean, because, yeah. I mean, you get into like a little, little cops of trees and then the shit swirls around, you know, like completely different than what, so. Yeah. With these ridges and haulers and I mean, it just, it goes, it'll go four different directions. Sometimes I'll drop milkweed and it'll go one direction, 10 yards and it ends up coming back by the tree. And then, I mean, it's ridiculous. Sometimes. Oh, the zigzagging is just awesome. It's fun to watch. And you're like, Oh, yeah. okay. That's, it's that's what it's doing. Watch, you know? but also fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
You just so, sometimes, and I've told this before. A lot of it too is just getting lucky. Um, if they, you know, there's there's times that I've killed deer where if they'd have came 15 minutes later, the thermals would have switched. I'd have got smelled. Um, right. Yeah. And so it's a lot of times it's just they got to come from the right direction. Sometimes you just got to get lucky, and they got to come from the right direction or the right situation or hesitate just long enough mm-hmm. um, to make it happen. The deer that I killed in Ohio this year, he had me pegged. And uh, he hesitated just long enough. And that's, you know, like I said, it, sometimes it just takes that little bit of luck or, or whatever it is uh, to, to happen. But I had that exact same thing you're talking about. The day before I killed that buck in Ohio this year, um, I had a I had a dang good buck. I mean, a, a good solid buck. Um, he, he come cruising the bench on the leeward side, just played the game exactly. I told you where he's going to put his foot. And um, he the, – the thermals had switched and, and everything was getting sucked down that hill. And uh, he was down the hill from me. And, boy, when he come across that scent stream, he came inside out. Like hit, um, hit a wall, yeah. Yeah, and he and you can see it on the video. <laughs> and it, the video will be coming out this summer. We get um, – we'll probably start next year with it. But um, it's – you can you can see him lock it up. And <laughs> and he gone. <laughs> there ain't, there's no hesitation. Yeah. There's no – they know. You know, you can get away a little bit sometimes with their eyes. And, uh, you know, they'll hesitate and they'll second guess a little bit. They don't second guess that nose. No, nope. those tells them to go. They go. And no, so, they're gone. You said something about uh, they hesitated long enough, and it was just it was it was just long enough to get a shot off. So that's the, the quick little a good little segue here for the last thing I want to talk to you about because I've had you on for a while here. But um, is uh, your your shot process? What what what's your shot process? How do you how do you shoot? Um, it really I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I know that people would freak out to hear that, and they're like, "Oh, he's target panic." No, not really. If it, you uh, don't know, how can you argue on Facebook about what how how good your method is versus someone else? Right, and I <laughs> it, there's no special. I don't go through some open loop circuit to shoot, or I don't. I listen to some podcasts and stuff, and it confused me more than anything. Right. I I burn. I pick a spot, you know, and, and I, I'm not going to say I'm con- completely instinctive because I'm not. Um, I know where that arrow is. Um, yeah. if, it's, if it's 25 yards, I know that the blur of the arrow needs to be over what I'm shooting because that's basically where my point on is. Mm-hmm. So I, I know where that's at. I, I know that that's even if it's subconscious, I know where that point's at. Um, but for the most part, I'm picking a spot. Um, as, long as, I, as long as I hold the bow back for a full second, second and a half, and I finish with my elbow going backwards, that arrow generally goes where I'm looking. Right. Um, and I, I tried to switch to, to straight gap um, target shooting, you know, shooting. Yeah, a lot of I terms. couldn't do it. It didn't work for me. Um, and so I, last year I said, heck with it. I'm going back exactly how I started. And, um, and it did well. I, it, you know, I had the best 3D year, uh, had the best 3D season I'd ever had, you know, did well at some, some bigger tournaments. And, um, and that was just because I got back to the basics. I just got right. back to not thinking, uh, picking a spot you know, pulling back through uh, good alignment. And, and that's always worked for me. I've never had any issues. I will tell you the biggest secret that I've had shooting deer that has helped me more than anything in the entire world is not shooting where the deer is at. Shoot at, the, shoot at its belly. Shoot, uh, shoot low. Try to get the feathers to kiss the bottom of its chest. Yeah. And you'll drill them. Um, because here, I don't know how it is there. And it's, it's got me in trouble in, in, in Ohio, actually the same morning twice. Um, here, if you hold on the deer, you will shoot over the deer or yeah. you will shoot it in the back straps. You will not kill it. 
Right. Um, they, just, they just drop at the shot. Yeah, they, yeah, they'll get under it. And it don't matter. It can be a 340 feet per second compound or it can be a stick bow. They'll get under it. Right, yeah. I've, yeah. I've watched them get under a crossbow. Um, they, they'll get under it. And so what my – the way I the way I combated that was I just started holding lower, mm-hmm. um, and I think last the last two seasons I'm 11 for 12. Um, last year I had a little mishap and I, I on a on a buck and uh, my bow hit the camera at the release. Okay. Um, and it kicked my arrow over to the right. I had bad arrow fly and I hit it directly on the shoulder. Got about half an inch of penetration. Oh geez. Um, there was there was no the deer wouldn't hurt at all. I mean it, there was no problems at all, but. Um, but I've been 11 for 12 the last two years as far as taking a shot, finding the deer quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the biggest reason is I started holding under them um, or right on the baseline of the belly. Um, and that that's helped me tremendously more than anything. I, yeah, because you're either going to get a hard shot or if they drop it worse, you're going to get a long shot, shot, which is, yeah. you know. And right. it, if they don't move, you shoot under them. And if you so, don't move, and, yeah, they're they're unharmed. Exactly. Yeah. So, and so every, everyone two. walks away happy or whatever, yeah. you know. And I shot so. two the same – Actually, the same morning, I'd killed my buck two years ago in Ohio, and um, I decided I was going to sit in the hotel room and get up, caught up on schoolwork and stuff. And then I did that for about five hours, and I went and bought a doe tag. <laughs> I was like, I can't. Do that <laughs> uh, so I went the next morning, and uh, two different does. One was at twenty-three yards, and one was at eighteen yards. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna hold. You know, I'm gonna hold just right at the base of their belly. I hit both deer right at the base of the belly. I, I didn't hit either deer. I shot just under both of them. Oh, okay. They didn't drop. Yeah, I mean, this was on yeah. public. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with you guys? Yeah, you're supposed <laughs> to drop. You're supposed to be skittish. You're supposed to drop. Yeah, <laughs> and they didn't drop. They just stood there, and it went right under them. Um, but I would much, much, much rather have that than hold normal, them drop, and hit them to the back straps. Right, um, yeah. I, yeah. I've done that several times, and that's just no fun. That's no fun, right. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Um, I've had John for a while now, so uh, it's it's getting – well, it's, it's later for you than me. Again, I appreciate you no, doing this no uh, problem, pretty late. You know, I kind of relegated to, to, to late nights after the you know wife and kid are in bed. But um, so where can, uh, where can people follow uh, you and, 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 you know, the guys you hunt with and stuff? Yeah, so we, we have a Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Instagram seems to be a lot more popular um, at the Stick Boys. Um, you can find us on uh, YouTube at Stick Boys. Um, we, we try to keep the, the – the social media um, posted at least a couple times a week um, as much as we can help it. And, uh, and of course, videos as quick as we can get them. We've had a couple of uh, turkey hunts out recently and we'll do a couple more turkey hunts uh, release and then, uh, and then get ready for deer season. Uh, cool. Got a fun spring. We're going to take off and actually two weeks from today, um, we're going to be heading out to uh, Tennessee. Their season opens a week before North Carolina. Um, so okay. we're gonna go out and hunt with Aaron. He's got a he's got a couple farms out there that he's got in the last year. Got permission to hunt. So we're gonna go out there and turkey hunt, and then uh, I'm gonna hunt some public here because I actually live really close to the Tennessee line, mm-hmm. um, within 30 minutes of the Tennessee line. So um, I'm gonna hunt some public in Tennessee, and then of course North Carolina, and then Ohio for turkeys, and then uh, then we'll be on the pig. So all that should be on there, and, uh, and hopefully people enjoy looking at it. Can't can't wait to watch it, man. Uh, I just watched your. Uh... You guys just recently put up a – it was an older video, but it was yeah, a turkey yeah. hunt, right? Yeah, um, so we found – I actually found a stick, um, a, a thumb drive that a bunch of footage was on. I'd given it to a local guy that, that does a TV show, 
and uh, he had given it back to me, and I forgot I had it. And oh, I ended okay. Up finding it and I was like, holy cow. You know, it looks like it was 20 years ago, and it was only four years ago. But yeah, it, it was like 2015 or something, I remember. Yeah, it was like that. And the, yeah, go, it, it, the thing only went like, what, eight yards or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that turkey, that that one, uh, that was one of our more memorable hunts. We That was a really good one. That, actually, that year was incredible. That whole spring was incredible. Yeah. For whatever reason, the timing just worked out perfect, and the birds wanted to play. Um, and so we, we, we waxed them that year, yeah. but, um, it was a, yeah, it was a, it, that was a cool hunt. We got the, the one that'll come out hopefully next weekend. Um, if I get, if I get time this week, um, would be the, the second bird from last year. Um, now it, it will probably, um, if, if you like that one, you really ought to like this one. It's, it's got a lot of, I got a lot better camera. Number one. Um, of course I've got a 4k camera now before I was yeah. using the 1080 and, uh, so it, I got a cool hunt from, and it's just a gorgeous spot. One thing about where we live, it's extremely photogenic. It's a gorgeous oh, yeah. place to live, and so uh, it just happens to be up on these up on these hills, you know, where you cue great view and turkey. Uh, it, it ended up being a pretty cool hunt. So that that cool. would be a good one to watch too. Just real quick, you said uh, you had a new camera now. What what do you what do you use it for a camera? I'm I'm trying uh, to get like a, ideas from different people. Yeah, it's called a bridge camera, and, and I'm by no means a tech expert. I'm a millennial, but I'm an idiot with technology for the most part. Um, it's a Panasonic Panasonic FZ3300. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's what they call a bridge camera. Um, it's not a true video, uh, like a camcorder, but it's not a DSLR either. Okay. Um, I'm the type of person, I am not a meticulous person at all. Um, I would destroy a DSL camera and DSLR camera in a matter of, hours probably yeah i'm afraid of that um, same thing of spending yeah, that so money it, and yeah yeah for me to in, in the places we hunt you know like in ohio we're, we're we're packing in 40 45 minutes i can't be carrying all those lenses and stuff i know aaron snyder does it but i mean he's a he's an animal right um, yeah i can't do that so the the bridge camera was the best of both worlds it's a 4k camera um so it, it does really well um and then i use um i'll usually use a couple of of the knockoff gopros okay um, from Amazon, shoot yep. for like forty or fifty bucks, like the Acaso something or other. Yeah, I've, I've, I've yeah, run it's, a uh, the ones I use, I think, are called uh, DB Power. Um, okay, they're they're about fifty bucks, I think, on Amazon, but they actually record in four K. Um, and with me, I've already lost one of them in the river on off a kayak. Oh, jeez, it's not a big deal, you know. It's not a four hundred dollar GoPro going. Right. So and, and really, I just use them to like I put one above me in the tree, like for a third angle or something like that. So I'm, yeah. It doesn't have to be that nice of a camera is what I'm trying to say. So that yeah, I use those two, really like those. They do well. Um, okay. For sure. Um, yeah, but that, that system's been working well for me. I really like it. Cool. Well, yeah, like, comparing your newer stuff, like I said, with, with, the, with the video I watched the other day, I mean, it's still exciting stuff, but you guys have, you know, come a long way, and I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing more cool stuff out of you guys and, uh, you know, live vicariously through people who actually shoot stuff for, you know, <laughs> for this hobby. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I tell you what, from what I hear, I mean, I, I've never been to Minnesota, but I hear, uh, I hear there's not as, there's a lot of deer down here. It really, a lot of people say that, you know, they're like, oh, you guys kill a lot of stuff and you have a lot of success. It really helps that we live in a place where there's a lot of deer um, and a lot yeah. of turkey. Because, uh, of course, when you look on the YouTube, when you look on Stick Boys YouTube, you see the highlights. Um, of course. What, what yeah. they don't see, you know, is, is, is like last year, I literally worked two birds, had two opportunities, and I hunted nearly daily during turkey season. Um, I killed yeah. both birds, and, and of course, that we only get two birds, so I was done on the second one, but a lot of work um uh, there 
you're definitely seeing the highlights, but it does help to have a, a, a target rich environment. Right. Right. Where there's, where there's more game. Um, but, but like I said, and we still don't have as much as, as a lot of parts of the state and, and for example, in Georgia or wherever, but, um, but it, it's definitely helpful to have, to have a target rich environment. Yeah. You guys are definitely doing your part to, uh, doing, doing the cleanup effort down there. So. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we, uh, my wife and I, we figured out really quick. We actually, I, I, I got, I looked at the camera, I looked at that stuff, and I'm like, you know what, I'm tired of being overweight and out of shape. So I, I got on a crazy diet kick last year mm-hmm. um, and ended up doing the intermittent fasting and, and working out and, and dropped a bunch of weight. And, and what I figured out was what I was eating was killing me. And um, so we – last year we, we decided, you're like, you know, we take a lot of game. We, we could – and we'd always eaten deer and eaten mm-hmm. the stuff I'd killed, but – we got it. We got a grinder. So got some processing stuff and, and started doing a lot of stuff of our own. And, and we haven't bought beef or, you know, ground beef or anything from a store like that in a long time. So, so it's really helpful to, uh, you know, to have all those deer around because <laughs> it's a uh, good organic clean meat. And, uh, and, and we've really enjoyed it. That's all my wife and I eat really. Um, so yeah, if there was good, clean, organic, like linguine walking around, you know, that'd be good too, <laughs> that's right. you know, or bread, or like strawberry Fantas or something, you know, right. but, uh, that's my problem. Yeah, but, I, I understand yeah. what you're saying for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Um, I'm going to let you go here. Uh, appreciate you being on and, yes, uh, yeah, thanks. I look, I look, I look forward to, uh, you know, talking to you again. Um, down the future maybe we'll do this again after you know next season or something like that and uh kind of recap yes, so i appreciate it right i'm gonna stop recording on this you want to hang on for a little bit here okay